Welcome and welcome back to Unapologetically Black Unicorns. So today it's just me sort of chatting because something phenomenal happened yesterday and I thought it would be a good opportunity to share with you some of my thoughts about kind of this thing that happened. Oh, and by the way, it's a good thing, so don't worry. So yesterday I attended an annual event for the Mental Health Advocacy Services which is an organization here in Los Angeles that provides legal assistance to people uh, who have diagnoses of mental illness, who are living in poverty, who may be on disability, who need legal support for, for example, for housing. Um, If they're experiencing homelessness or issues with their housing, if there is educational or employment um, discrimination, as well as if they need help with their disability, for example, or being on disability. So this organization has been around since the 70s, and um, I'm familiar with it because I had to use their services at one point when I was on disability, um, when I was struggling with my own housing, as well as uh, being able to remain on disability. And so, you know, it's come sort of full circle that the event that I was attending yesterday was their 2023 annual celebration in which they give a number of awards. And I was fortunate enough to be a recipient of one of their awards, the Jim Price um, Memorial Award. And it was Jim Price who worked at MHAS or Mental Health Advocacy Services, who I used to watch in meetings and uh, see how he did his work. And he was one of those quiet people, but when he spoke, people listened and people acted. And I wanted to be that person where it's like, wow, how do I get people to hear me and and respond to some of the things that I'm I'm advocating for, my peers are advocating for. You know, I call those those kind of mentors like they don't know that they're mentoring people just by their actions. And he was actually one of those people. So it was such an honor to receive this award. But I want to say more about not the award, but okay, I'll say something about the award because it's kind of cool. But the, but the bigger thing for me was actually the fact that uh, where I work in Separable, you know, made a donation to MHAS, which allowed me to invite a number of guests, no cost to them, because we uh, uh, supported the organization. And I invited people who touched my life in some way when I was not at my best to when I was actually doing quite well. And it was just amazing for me to look at out at the audience and see the people that I had invited in. Initially, it was supposed to be 10 people. Somehow it it turned into 13 people. I don't know. But at the end of the day, it was just really cool to actually see, for example, my therapist who used to tell me when I did not have any hope and did not believe that life was worth living, he used to tell me, I'll hold the hope for you. I never really knew what that meant. As a matter of fact, sometimes it'd be like, I don't know what to talk about, whatever, you know, stick that where the sun doesn't shine, whatever. But I would always remember it when I was struggling and he would tell me that, like his voice would come into my head and I could hear him say, I'll hold the hope for you. I'll hold the hope for you. And something about that would get me through the next minute, the next hour, the next day. And um, it sticks with me to this day, the importance of hope. And if you can't hold it for yourself, is there somebody who's going to hold it for you? My psychiatrist was also there. And when I was not doing well, when I could not 
see myself as anything other than a patient because that's what I told was told I was you're a patient you have a mental health condition you've given a been given a diagnosis of schizophrenia you know here's all the things you couldn't shouldn't wouldn't ever do in the rest of your life and my psychiatrist told me one day he he asked me something about a, a marketing question he, he knew I had this MBA he asked me a marketing question and and I sort of walked him through this formula of figuring out you know how to make a profit on a um a gala for a uh, nonprofit organization like how do you set the price of tickets like how do you think through that problem and he said this has been super helpful I'd really like you to talk to the people who are running this gala and like how do I do that I'm a patient I didn't even see myself as a person who had all of these capabilities. I was just this patient. And he said, no, actually, I'm going to introduce them to you. And you're going to be, you are my colleague. I thought, wait, I'm a colleague. I'm a colleague to someone. Brand new information. But that information made a difference about how I was able to tap back into my personhood. Going from patienthood to personhood. That's actually what happened at that very moment. I remembered I had all of these skills and gifts and experiences and that I could bring them into any place that I wanted to bring them. And he reminded me of that when he used that word colleague. Also in attendance who I invited was an officer of the Pasadena Police Department who was on the CIT team. Now, I'm not a fan, as people know, of police having anything to do with mental health crisis response. However, I do want to speak to this individual person and the team, the officer and the social worker. And, and I want to speak to it in this way. There was something that he did in particular that I didn't see him as a police officer. I saw him as a community member, as a helper, as someone who was coming, who could see me for me and wanted to help me as a community member, not as this sick person, not as this, you know, oh my gosh, she's in mental health crisis and let's control everything that's going on. But a person who could see me in the context of, at the time, needing some extra support. When they came to my house the first time, the first thing they noticed is I was holding my dog and they asked me about my dog. What's your dog's name? Do we need to go and take your dog for a walk? Has your dog had some food? Have you had some food? We've heard you're having a really hard time. I mean, they were really meeting me where I was and they were engaging me in a conversation, not about, but why do you want to end your life? That didn't even happen, right? I mean, it was more of, well, let's just get to know you and in and, and the context of what's happening in your day today and how can we be most helpful in this very moment? And when they had to transport me, which was more than once, it was several times, you know, they they did it in such a compassionate way. There were no handcuffs. Um, there, there was none of that. And there was thoughtfulness about where to transport me. The initial transport was to happen at a hospital that was nowhere near where I lived. And they really worked hard to say, you know what, you need to be closer to where you live. Let's see if we can ensure that they will hold a space for you at this hospital that's closer to where you live. Like they didn't have to do that. They could have taken me out to, you know, wherever, but but they didn't do that. They they knew that I needed to be closer in. Secondarily, they offered to follow up and said, you know, hey, this might be a hard day for you when we got to the hospital. They wanted to make sure, was I hungry? Did I need anything to eat? Was I thirsty? Did I need anything to drink? 
by the way, they made sure that my dog was taken care of before, um, you know, we left the house. Those sorts of things that are common, humane, compassionate things. And, you know, it didn't happen that way before. And it didn't always happen that way when police would respond uh, when I was in a mental health crisis. So this is a person that I had stayed in contact with over the years when they retired. I actually spoke at their retirement party because of the way they were actually providing the service in that very humane and compassionate way. There were all, you know, a whole bunch of other people that were there as well that touched my life in some way. And, you know, when I accepted the award, I was really thinking about this isn't my award alone. This award belongs to all the people who have touched my life and hopefully whose lives I've touched as we continue to do that hurt work and the hard work of mental health program design, delivery, you know, policy. It's all hard stuff and we can't do it alone. I just want to thank everybody who who attended, including from Share Self-Help, who helped me to get project return from uh, move it from a program under um, MHALA to a, you know, standalone 501c3 peer run organization. Like they didn't have to do that. They could have said, wow, you're going to be our competition. We're not going to help you with that or could have ignored my calls, you know, but no. And we continue to work together um, to this day, supporting one another in our work. And also, you know, all of my colleagues from Los Angeles County Department of Mental Health who attended and I want to thank Kumar actually for, um, you know, not in his role at LACDMH, but but as a friend, as a colleague, for actually honoring me by saying a few words to um, give me the award. You know, he was one of the people that I met um, who, when he was working at the county, really kind of helped me think differently about how to engage with people who have different perspectives on a problem. He's really, really good at that. And he really taught me how to think about being open to people's experiences, being not judgmental, being curious, and then using my creativity as well to be able to bring people together because it, it really does take a village, especially to solve some of our most intractable mental health problems. So when I looked out in, in the audience and, you know, I saw people, um, you know, from Disability Rights California and uh, the California uh, Pan-Ethnic Network and um, LACDMH, you know, psychiatrists, psychologists, a police officer, family members, signed by stories, which is a uh, online program where deaf and hard of hearing people tell their stories about living with a mental health condition so that other deaf and hard of hearing people can hear and see those stories by and from people who look like them and speak the same language as them. You know, um, seeing a, a peer that um, I think I helped mentor and now she's mentoring me. She's probably one of the most creative people I've ever known and to see her just flourish, but to look out and see this large group of people who touched my life and who helped me get to the point where I am today and will probably help me move forward. It takes a village. And I'm hoping actually that this is an encouragement for people that, you know, when you're in your darkest hour and you can't see to that next thing, first of all, yes, I'll hold the hope for you. There'll be people who will hold the hope for you. And to know that this could be the future, whatever that looks like for you, I would have never thought that this day would have ever occurred. The other thing that I remembered is back when I was uh, first moved to California and when I was uh, in services for many years, 
I didn't have any friends, didn't know how to make friends. I knew how to have colleagues at work, basically like nine to five, kind of knew how to do that marginally, but I didn't know how to have friends. And to look out and to see people that I could call my friends beyond just my colleagues, but my friends, it really speaks to that recovery journey. And it is a journey. It's not easy. It has its ups and downs. It's backwards and forwards. It's around the circles, but it's possible. And yesterday to me was an example that it's possible. And I hope talking about it on the podcast really helps other people see the possibilities. As people of color, there were, there. I mean, you know, white people, Latino people, black people, deaf people, Asian people. I mean, I was like, it was, what do you call that? The Rainbow Coalition? Okay, fine. Maybe it was the Rainbow Coalition. I don't know. But um, I just wanted to share this today because it was not just meaningful to me, but I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that this might help feed the soul of somebody else who needs to hear this story as they're working through and on their recovery journey. So thanks so much for joining me on Unapologetically Black Unicorns today. And as my producer says, like, comment, subscribe. But most importantly, especially for this message, please do share it with others. There are people who need to hear our messages of of hope, our messages of light. And um, I hope that is the message that I was able to share today. So thanks so much and see you next week on Unapologetically Black Unicorns.